get a cup of coffee in here, please? Gable guy and say damn and get in all kinds of trouble for it. Good morning. Good morning, people. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's getting to be uh closer to the date. Two more days. 87 more days if you count uh today, 88 more days uh till spring. But I'm not counting today. It's like we made it two today. So I'm counting today is chalked off the calendar. 87 more after today. Looking forward to the first day of spring like uh, never before. And it, it has, winter hasn't even really hit yet. It's cold, but it's not winter. New York winter's cold. But uh, I just, uh, the older I get, the more I hate the season of winter. Anyway, I appreciate everybody uh, showing up here today. Uh, Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. Two days until the stress holiday is done and off the books. Put it in the books. What a fucking day yesterday. <laughs> uh, still, you know, it's going to be a while. I'm still processing the whole Andy news, and it's it's a little difficult. Good morning, uh, Kelly. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Joey. And names i don't uh they look like i don't know sci-fi names like that picardo room has got me baffled i'm not sure what's going on over there uh hey thanks craig uh, i appreciate that you know i feel really uh craig says the i love the w uh <laughs> wc whatever i think it's wtlrcb <laughs> White trash, low rent, cancer blues. Uh, I feel really bad about doing that. No way. It's, it's it's so fucking odd for me. Do me a favor. Don't anybody ever post on Twitter these words. Somebody write a song about this. Because me, I can't help myself. I feel I take that on as an assignment. like, And it's like it's a uh, past due deadline. Like, I got to get it out. So a couple of days ago, Linda Allen. Uh, everybody knows Linda. Actually, it started with Andy tweeting out that he had a craving for macaroni salad, that uh, he's got the uh, kind of white trash, low-rent cancer that makes you want to crave macaroni salad. And Linda said, somebody's got to write a song about this, the white trash, uh, low-rent cancer blues. Okay, I'm on it. (laughs) Gave myself that uh, assignment. Now, it's just, it feels... uh, feels weird for me. I can joke about my own shit all the fucking time and, and my own pain. And but and, and I know Andy is like handling it with the greatest sense of humor ever. But I, it's difficult for me to make jokes about his situation. I can make it about mine all day long. And I, I'm fine with listening to him make jokes about his own situation. But for me to to 
chime in on it. Feels a little awkward. Feels a little weird. So I sent him uh, the song. I haven't heard from him. If it got his approval to share with people. Linda says she can't play it. I'm guessing, I'm thinking she didn't hit the start button. I sent a link to it where it is on SoundCloud. I posted it on SoundCloud last night. And she said it didn't work for her. I'm thinking it's as simple as not hitting the start button. Anyway, uh, I'm doing the vocals here last night. And my wife says, are you singing about cancer? What's wrong with you? Um... Yes, I was singing about cancer, and uh, if you call it singing, I was trying to be as compressed as possible. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, so I was like whispering vocals or or at my, not not the way you really want to sing. But uh, overheard and uh, seemed to be an evil, uh, crazy person for singing cancer blues songs. Anyway, I probably am going to dare to play that one time during the... I, I feel a little weird. Like, I'm not sure because I haven't gotten any approval on it yet. Let me backtrack a little bit about yesterday. Holy fuck, what a day. And by the way, I got some good news. I did call somebody I used to work for, a, one of the most... Uh, and I'm not going to give his name out. Uh, one of the most prestigious uh, doctors in the country who does the Whipple... Uh, procedure and I was talking to him about it and he said uh, I gave him Ken's numbers from yesterday 25 uh, 20 to 25 percent survive five years after the operation that's that uh, my doctor friend who who does them says that's an old stat because now they're done by uh, robots and with uh, laser precision so as long as the patient uh behaves after the surgery, generally those numbers are pretty good now because the the precision which uh, the um, procedure is carried out now is is really precise, laser accurate. Uh, so that's some good news. Everybody should take solace in some good news. I'm just trying to share some good news. Uh, so yesterday, uh, if you were aware, after the show I had to get ready for a uh, I want to call it nursing home, but it was, it was a nursing home assisted li- living combined um, type of facility, quite a distance of travel. And um, so I, I set myself up to go to this gig. I, I drive forever and I'm getting late and I, I gave myself plenty of time, but traffic was, was killing me. So, I get there and the gates are closed. Now I can't get in and I'm panicking because I'm a, I'm getting close to time and I don't want to rush a setup calling the agent who booked the thing and saying, you know, I'm, I'm locked out. Uh, the gates and front gates are locked out and they're not letting anybody in. In the meantime, uh, while I'm waiting for him to get back to me, I'm panicking and getting nervous and anxious because I hate being late for anything in my life. But a gig, that's unforgivable in my my own personal accountability. Uh, yeah, don't don't squeeze the shaman, Ken. <laughs> I wanted to put something about Mr. Whipple in the song, believe it or not, <laughs> but I didn't think anybody would get it. Uh, I should have known you'd be there. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I finally found another way into the facility uh, and panicking, getting late, and I get in, I, I drive up, I bring my equipment there. Now, I'm carrying a small personal PA that weighs 65 pounds. My guitar, 
uh, some wires. I got a microphone in my pocket. I got a mic stand. I'm loaded down with, with equipment. Bring it to the front door, and I, I go in, and I say, I'm here to, for the entertainment today. They don't even check me for vaccines or take my temperature or anything. Yeah, sure, I'll go. Get to the room that I'm supposed to, I think I'm supposed to be form, performing in, and there's a DJ setting up. I was like, oh, shit. The guy turns around, he looks at me, he goes, we got double booked. I think so. So he calls the, the administrator of the facility and he says, some guy named Matt just walked in here. He's going to, uh, he, he thinks he's playing here at 2.30. The administrator says, oh, he's in the other building. What other building? I don't know. There's another building here. The DJ tells me, yeah, you got to go down that hill where we park and around. And it's like 2,000 feet away. Now it's it's uh, 2.29. I'm supposed to start at 2.30. Um, and I have about 80 pounds of equipment or more and i have to get uh down a hill and then about 2500 feet in one minute and get in there and set up and start playing i start running with this fucking equipment uh, you know and being out of shape you know not just covid out of shape but really uh three years prior to covid sediment sed uh sedentary lifestyle of totally out of shape, winded, and plus being an old man, running with 80 pounds of stuff down a hill and around and 2,500 feet, get to the door, and I'm just like, fuck it, I can't talk. <laughs> and I'm just like trying to catch my breath to tell the person I'm there to entertain. They're looking at me like, I, they obviously see I have equipment and can't figure out that I'm there for the entertainment, looking at me like I got four heads. Finally, I get the word that, and they say, oh, well, let me make some phone calls. Meanwhile, it's getting later and later, and I'm starting to panic. The anxiety is getting to me. Finally, got to take the elevator up one floor, go over, and the dining room's right there, and you're going to set up. Great. Getting the elevator, dude. Still out of breath, like, and sweating now because I just ran 2,500 feet plus with 80 pounds of equipment. And, uh, I get into I, I get out of the elevator and I see the dining room I'm supposed to be setting up and it's packed. It's packed with wheelchairs. Wall to wall wheelchairs. Probably about a hundred wheelchairs or more. And there's signs everywhere. Uh with my name on it. Which I'm not used to at these kind of facilities. I mean, when we play when I play with the band, there's marquees out with the band's name on it. Uh but <laughs> this facility, uh Join us for the fabulous Christmas show extravaganza with celebrity singer entertainer Matt Napo and all these people. <laughs> I've seen that poster and all these people waiting for me, but I can't get past them or through them because there's a hundred wheelchairs lined up in every way. And so now I'm out of breath, panicking, anxiety filled. People are waiting for me. Everybody knows me and name, inspecting celebrity singer, songwriter, Matt Nabo uh, for his Christmas extravaganza show. Holy fuck. Nobody told me this. So I get through the wheelchairs, I get and I start to set up and I'm panicking. Now every I got a hundred wheelchairs and they're parked. People park the wheelchairs there. So these people are captive audience and they got nothing to do. They can't even turn away. So they're all watching me set up now while I'm filled with anxiety, out of breath, sweating. And I'm in a hurry. And somehow, being in a hurry, and I don't, I'm still not clear on how I did this. I opened up, I'm setting up my PA, little portable PA system, and I sliced my finger up good. Sliced my middle finger up good on my uh, fret, fretboard hand. 
and there's blood shooting all over the place. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it quiet because I'm in a healthcare facility and they're, you know, we're in a pandemic and trying to uh, keep the blood squirting uh, to myself. <laughs> And one old man, he sees me, and he's like, you can get a Band-Aid on, you know, it's a healthcare facility, obviously, they have bandages, but I can't play guitar with a Band-Aid on my middle finger of my fretboard hand, I know I can't do that, I'm trying to suck down the blood, keep it to myself, dripping blood, and trying to keep it hidden from the nurses, and set up really quick while people are watching me, stressed out, anxiety, sweating, <laughs> with a big poster on the wall with my fucking name and face on it. Bleeding profusely. Finally gets set up. It takes me a couple minutes to get set up. I'm ready to go, but I'm still bleeding, and I know I'm going to have to play with it. I'm just get through it, and there's going to be blood all over the guitar and how to keep in, in between songs. I'm going to have to try to hide it, suck the blood out, whatever. Uh, if I do that. Uh, it, <laughs> it was uh, a little difficult. Now there's blood all over the neck of the guitar, and I'm seeing it drip down, and I'm like, trying to <laughs> wipe it into the ground <laughs> with my shoe uh finally i got the blood to subside and i'm doing this song and there's an old lady there and uh she sees i'm sweating and i said man they keep it hot in this place and she goes you're making it hot sonny and uh, i guess she had consulted with kelly uh i was still wearing that uh dumbass shirt i had on yesterday the, the uh the science class nerd shirt with uh without the protractor in the pocket and she goes, that shit makes you look handsome, Sonny. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, and uh, she's right up front, and she's flirting with me hard. And then I said, uh, I, I kept saying, man, it's hot in here. Because it is. They keep it 100 degrees in these fucking places because old people don't like to get cold. I can attest to that. Uh, I'm an old person, and I keep a space here <laughs> with me in the winter here. So she's getting worked up, and uh, the room is just loving me. I mean, they're acting like I'm Elvis. And uh, so I said, man, it's getting hot in here. She goes, you're making it hot. And then I shit you not, 96-year-old woman takes off her bra and throws it at me two days before Christmas. And and it, <laughs> old man to the right of me who, who's uh, – he just keep, he keeps calling me Matt, and with, that freaks me out because nobody ever calls me Matt. <laughs> but he's acting like he knows because there's a big sign with my picture on it, my name on it, which I don't like. He just keeps saying, "Hey Matt, I think she likes you." Hey Matt, <laughs> and he just he keeps saying Matt and me. I'm freaking out, but I got through the hour, and uh, somehow, uh, I mean amazing uh amazing reception uh of a hundred um enthusiastic rocking and rolling wheelchair people trying to dance in there and this one lady uh next to the 96 i know she's 96 because at the end she wanted to talk to me and tell me how much uh the two of us could <clears throat> you know anyway <laughs> the lady next to her uh, was almost as old. She was in her 90s and got up and tried to try to dance. And nobody had seen this woman ever get out of the chair. Uh, and she's going to try and get up and dance. Now, she wheelchair bound, but she did get up and, and she started wiggling around like she's going to fall now. Nurses aides can't get through the wheelchair, uh, all of the wheelchair barricades. <laughs> 
to kind of make sure she doesn't fall. So it's up to me to play and kind of hold her up. And now the other woman, the, the one who threw the bra at me, she thinks she's getting jealous because I'm, I got my hand on this other woman holding her up, trying to hold her while I'm playing and trying to. <laughs> Very strange case. Got out of there and then uh, caught in traffic for about two and a half hours getting getting out of there. And then I decided to go have the conversation with my doctor friend about Andy's situation and got clued into that and felt better and started feeling like more optimistic about this stuff. So I reached out to Andy and told him that, you know, people on the morning show want to do something proactive and help him out. And he, he was appreciative, appreciative and, uh, Thanked me for it, and he said, well, I'll get back to you, because, you know, it is a little uncomfortable. He doesn't want to be perceived as a grift. Well, grifter, well, it's not him doing the doing the fundraising. It's me uh, and us. Uh, so how that will actually work, but I want to do something. And I, I also called my accountant. I already have a 503, 503C uh, nonprofit set up, but I can't use that for for this purpose so i have i would have to set up another one uh that would take about a month to get actually set up so uh i need to set up a 50 50c3 matt penny in napo yeah that's pretty much what it <laughs> a 50c3 uh just explicitly for the purpose of um raising funds for for Andy's situation. Now, uh, the the procedure, I'm not sure. You know, I didn't ask too many questions about it. But this procedure is an expensive one, and the um, the aftercare costs are expensive. And probably with, you know, the lowest level of um, health care insurance that you can get for what artists or entertainers uh, pay. There's a lot left on the deductibles and and the bills that you get, so that's going to be a big burden. And I want to take that off Andy's shoulder, so he doesn't have to worry about even when he does survive this stuff, not going bankrupt or losing his house because uh, because of the enormous bill he's going to get. So I want to do something to help out. But again. I'm just thinking straight donations, not trying to auction anything off, not try to be fancy about anything. If I could get some celebrities to kick in and and do, and do some promotion for it, and just say, "Listen, Andy's the greatest guy in the world. We care about him. We you should care about him too. He adds a lot of joy to the world. Joy to the world. Um, and and he's a good guy. And, and let's all you know." Give with our hearts and and help a guy out and uh make him make him proud make him make him proud at his daughter's wedding so he can he can dance with his daughter and feel healthy and like nobody's um nobody's feeling sorry for him at that point he's just on top of the world that's what we're looking for that's what i'm I'm hoping to achieve so um so that's uh that's all i as I've mentioned I feel a little weird about sharing the song because i i did kind of share it with andy i sent him a link and didn't hear back from him i don't know if he's pleased or displeased with it uh and i feel a little weird about it I, and you know 
generally I'm weird about um, my songs when I finish them, but this is not something um, I'm artistically insecure about like I am usually. This is one where I'm not, I don't know if I'm stepping on anybody's toes by putting this out there or doing something that feels indiscreet. It's just a weird fucking time or in a weird situation for me, but I'm going to share the song once here. Uh, hopefully it will be received in in the manner which it was intended to be delivered, in which, you know, completely giving an, uh, a celebration of the man and uh, who he is and what he means to most of my friends. Uh, if you don't know Andy yet, you should get to know him. If you're out there and you don't know Andy Andrus, uh, check out Issues with Andy podcast uh, airs on Friday. I think you have to be a Patreon to actually hear it but there are some back issues if you're just looking to get um acclimated to it and find out what it's all about go to youtube and just put issues with andy and you'll find probably a couple of hundred of um previously recorded episodes of that <clears throat> and i hope you'll enjoy it uh, i'm not sure what the plan is moving forward with that i mean he's got to get in shape and put his mind totally on getting himself as healthy as possible to be right for the procedure, I don't know, and it's a secondary thought. Obviously, if uh, if they're going to continue with uh, the IWA for a while, we'll see. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share the song right now. I hope you will again. I hope you will receive this in a positive way. The lyrics are with the song. I'm gonna see if we can just follow along, sing along with Mitch, will you? It's a blues song. Again, how this started. When that uh, Andy tweeted out, uh, he's got cravings for macaroni salad because he's got the kind of uh, white trash, low rent cancer that makes you have these weird cravings. And Linda said, "Well, somebody's got to write this song," and so I was on it, and here it is. Yeah, let me go over here and hit play and see what happens here.
Thank you, Linda, for giving me that assignment. Again, if uh, if you're one of my friends on social media, any social media, please don't post. Don't ever post that in a place where I will see it. Somebody needs to write a song about this. Because I can't help myself. <laughs> anyway, good morning, folks. Um, getting closer to the holiday, and I can't. I, for one, can't wait for it to be over. The day after Christmas is usually a very, it's a relief for me. It's like, wow, man. Um, it feels good. It feels like a weight is, and I don't know why I get such anxiety around the holidays, but it, I definitely do. For socialization, having to be nice to people, I don't want to be nice to. <laughs> Family members and stuff. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Michael said, nice job. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it, it was really difficult to kind of try and do a song like that. First of all, I'm not a blues guy, an authentic blues guy. Um, and I kind of kind of a stickler for that. If you're going to play the blues, you ought, you ought to be real. <laughs> but it, this is comedy blues, so I, I give myself a little bit of slack there. But th- that's the one thing I hate about, you know, Long Island so many white blues men <laughs> they bring that up in the movie crossroads too uh the actor says to uh what's his name ralph uh macchio you're just another white blues boy from long island yeah you've been there done that lots of them around here and so if you're gonna play the blues you gotta be authentic but and i tried my best to kind of uh channel a little uh authentic blues there in the playing but not my thing not my bad anyway moving on i want to um and it might get me uh in trouble for youtube uh, with youtube or spotify or a copyright strike or something uh I'm getting a lot of those lately i want to play a clip from rogan why you say and it has it's of a political nature but i don't want to argue with the politics of it I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure I do agree with the politics. I mean, basically, the political statement is um, congressmen and senators, people who get elected, abuse their power to get rich. Um, and it's a question to Nancy Pelosi. And again, I'm not the political. 
points that uh, that come out of this are not are not the point that I'm trying to make here. What we see in the clip that I, I want to play is three comedians: Joe Rogan, um, Tony Hinchcliffe, and Ari Shafir, who uh, I understand um, my buddy Carl. Uh, as a bit of a boy crush, man crush on uh, Ari Shafir, as far as his um, expertise in the world of psychedelics and hallucinogens. <laughs> uh, so those three are commenting about politics. And it's clear that all three of them don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Which would be fine. I mean, if it were just three bros hanging out talking politics and not knowing what the fuck they're talking about, that happens all the time. I don't have a fucking problem with that. We got lots of goofballs thinking they know shit and talking shit when it comes to politics all the time. But we're talking about the biggest media platform on the planet right now where people quote every word that Rogan says as if it's gospel, as if he knows what he's talking about, despite the, his um, disclaimer that I'm just a, you know, I'm just a podcaster, comedian guy. Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. He says that once in a while, but then he go back to saying stuff as if it's a fact, a well-known fact. So I want to, uh, if I can, play this clip. Let me just uh, see if I can get it queued up here before. And I don't want to play their ads. There you go. Now. We can take it back to the beginning. Actually, I don't want to take it back that far to the beginning. Let's start here. That's good. Now, they're stoned. Keep, keep, keep in mind that they're stoned. The three of them are, are stoned. And they're talking about politics. Uh, and as if they know what they're talking about, but um, they don't. I'm going to play the clip. Now, the, the clip is, it's hard to hear the question, but it's about insider trading to Nancy Pelosi. Uh, so let me see if I can get it shared, and then we'll, we'll watch it, and I'll comment on it. Because it's, it's the heart of my problem with uh, Joe Rogan. And uh, people like Joe Rogan, but specifically Rogan because he's got this huge platform, and he takes, he's really irresponsible with it in my in my view. So let me see. Chrome tab. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. There you go. There it is. Insider trading. Just about that. <laughs> what? What'd you say? That. I'm making, I don't know, guys. I'm doing great at it. You guys should try it. A bunch it. of people like were <laughs> freaking out about it. I think it was Crystal and Sager. We're, we're doing, I didn't watch it, but I did see the headline. Didn't watch it, but saw the headline. Apparently, oh, it's incredible. Somehow, you have to watch it? it. It's like She's when, just uh, bypassing all the laws to make hella cash. <laughs> she looks so guilty. It's like when uh, they, they tell Robert Durst that they know that he did it, and he like starts burping and shit. <laughs> <laughs> just deflect. You think about how much money she's worth she she makes like how much a year how much does she make a year she just funnels it to her husband like no he made the money not yeah. me technically like how much money does she make a year from like, being a congresswoman yeah. or overall from being okay from, stuff she's getting now or stuff she's putting away somewhere where no one can see it she's the Everything. speaker of the house right oh you mean all right i'll know right there they don't know they don't have any clue about how much money uh congress people make or senators make uh, I believe uh, the salary for Congressperson, Speaker of the House or not, uh, is $160,000 a year. Just want to put that on the table. Now, they, they'll probably... Salary. And this probably is like not a big thing that they don't want to... $200,000 job, right? 
She's a big wig. 600000 Just no. on Speaker of the House money, you're saying? No, it can't no, be 600. I don't think it's that money. Fauci's the highest paid government employee. 223. And he's slightly. 223. 223. Yeah. And Fauci is slightly less than a half a million dollars. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, they got to make their money on the side. But Fauci's like the highest paid government employee. I Joe. think Fauci might even be. The I highest? Think, more than the president? No, I think the president makes a little more than that. The president used to make 400 grand. They got to start paying them more. They get better people. Yeah. <laughs> make yeah, them like a $10 million what, job. They make their money when they get out. Cuban might do it. Yeah. What it is, it's like an investment. If you get out, you will have money for speaking engagements. Yeah. With all the companies that you helped, all right. the companies that you like, hey, I like you. I like you. Yeah. Let's hang out. Let's party. Uh -huh. yeah. they, they're like, hey, Mike, uh, Mike, the former president, we'd love to have you come speak. All right. Pause company. it right here now. Uh what Rogan is proposing now again, he's stoned and he's just putting this out there as if he's right about now the point that uh, the overall point that Congress people are corrupt and they are uh, getting rich, you know, with one hundred ninety three thousand dollars or whatever. Uh, thank you, TJ, for, for coming up with the accurate number right now that they're getting rich with this uh, salary at, you know, not rich levels 193,000 is not super wealthy i believe now don't quote me on this but i believe nancy pelosi and her husband uh combined with about 200 million dollars obviously you're not going to do that on 193,000 dollars a year but joe is is claiming because he's high and he's just spitballing here that they do this they get this that kind of rich by waiting till their career is over and then doing speaking engagements and book tours, they—that peanuts. It's a small pebble in the ocean of money. And the fact is, Nancy Pelosi's eighty, maybe eighty-one, right around there. Um, she's going to retire and do the book tour stuff. She's waited a little too long. <laughs> she's eighty. Um. People and almost everybody in Congress and the Senate rivals that age. You can look at AOC is probably the youngest person in Congress, maybe the youngest ever. But and oh no, that uh, Madison Cawthorn now has has got that spot. Uh, but for the majority, they stay forever. They, it's not like they plan and, and they do it for a short time and then think, well, I'll quit and, and sell books. No, the power and the money comes from the corruption they have while in office. And I'm talking Republican or, or Democrat doesn't matter. It's the same both sides. You see these people that are fucking 90 years old and still running, still desperate to hold on to that power because the power is what leads to the ultimate money that they're getting. Book chores and fucking speaking engagements after you're done is a drop in the bucket compared to being able to control or have influence over the laws that uh, corporations uh, are trying to uh, be very influential in writing. But here you go. And now I guarantee people are going to be quoting Rogan as if he's onto something here, that the whole idea of becoming a congressperson or a senator is so you can put in a short term and retire and get a book deal. Book deals make fucking peanuts. But he's going to push this stuff. And and so and, and it's, it's not like this is a dangerous statement. It's just a, uh, pointing out how 
clueless the guy is, and he's speculating high. And you can look tell he's fucking so We're willing to pay you a half a million dollars. So this half is like a million dollars. bribes. Yeah. Ooh. When? But I'm in office right now. It's like, right after you get out. It's not that. It's it's kind of genius. It's a genius con game. What it is is like a virus finds its way through the system. And they never tell on each other. Yeah. The left and the right side. Just like, no, no, we're all in that game. Yeah, that's the game of making big money after you quit. And then you can also sell books. If you're a president and you write Ooh, a book, book, that book yeah. is selling. For sure. Do you remember when the UFC paid eight and eight? They paid $8,000 to lose a fight, another eight to win. I think there's still times. Like, what is what is the I don't, what is the entry level fight? These oh, are like beginning fights. another way. Here, That's what the fucking the Congress clip. is doing. They're just so, what is insider trading? It's like you know something. And because you know something, you can't make a move on the market because you have inside information. Is that exactly what it is? Dude, I, I told everybody. Yes, that's exactly right. Because yeah. you're on the know. So, of course, you would buy all the stocks and rig the system. Is that I, the... Okay. Now, he, he's talking about something he's admitting. He, he's got no rudimentary, <laughs> basic, fundamental knowledge of what the fuck he's talking about. But he's uh, delivering a message. And again... No, forgetting the fact, and he knows this because, and we know he knows this, and I'm going to, I'll let Rogan go in a minute, but we know he knows about the power of his influence. And we know that people, there's a cult of people who need him to think for them and are quoting him every single day. They can't speak a word if it isn't Joe, what Joe Rogan says. And so he's on here talking of shit stoned with his stoner friends and believe me i have nothing against getting stoned but acting like an authority while admitting he doesn't have a clue about the basis of what he's talking about and the last piece that that i'm going to go into here kind of he talks about nancy pelosi's demeanor which clearly he's never seen her before because she, she's always the same. And he, he claims that she's nervous. This is just Nancy. And now she could be lying. But reporters don't make Nancy. Uh, she's, been, she's held that position for longer uh, than anybody on and off, if you consider the time she had to step down when Boner had the gavel. But she's been in Congress since Nixon was in office. <laughs> Think about that. You think she's going to get intimidated by some pipsqueak uh, a reporter asking her about uh, whether insider trading or whether congressmen should be allowed to trade? Now, this is the question. It's not whether uh, congressmen who have, are on certain committees, who have um, certain knowledge of insider trading should trade. They're just asking her if she should trade. So I'm going to just play this. Uh, <laughs> You can tell when she goes to a drink, she's like, oh, I'm going to be talking for a while. Yeah. <laughs> right now, that, I knew this is going to come up. I'm going to talk for a while. Water from this. a professional speaker who's definitely hydrated <laughs> enough for the day. She starts shaking. It's right. like right there, like, oh, boy. Okay. Yep. Let me hear this. Give me some volume. Okay, that's as loud as I can get. Okay, go ahead. And the teeth flick. And secondly, should members of Congress and their spouses be banned from trading individual stocks while serving Congress? No, I don't know to the second one. Um, what? Any, uh, yeah. uh, we have a responsibility to report in the stock, uh, on the stock, but I don't, I'm not familiar with that five month review, but if the uh, 
people aren't reporting, they should be. Because this is a free market and people, we are a free market economy, they should be able to participate in that. She's telling why her husband should be able to invest in stuff that she knows about. Have you ever seen a person look more nervous? Yeah. It was the long sip, the goal. Have you ever seen a person look more nervous? Well, that's just Nancy uh, Pelosi. Now, whether she's corrupt or not, listen, she made she's worth $200 million on a, a salary that only recently got bumped up to 193 She's not nervous there. She, that's Nancy Pelosi. Uh, whether she's stupid, it's a whole, a whole other thing. We need to uh, pass the bill to know what's in the bill kind of stuff. But if you know Nancy Pelosi, that's her. But uh, Stone Boys are, ooh, ooh, guilty. You ever see anybody look more nervous? That's just her nervous. Uh, that's her demeanor. And she's been the Speaker of the House a lot of years now. And if you don't know her and don't know her demeanor, and you're hanging out with your stoner boys, acting like you know things, influencing the world with all, all the power and influence you know you have. And I keep coming back to that statement that Rogan made about Don Lemon, which he was absolutely correct. Uh, he, he said to Lemon, oh, Don Lemon what a fucking idiot he was to be taking on him because Joe Rogan himself as an individual has... 10 times the influence that CNN, the network that Don Lemon is on, has. So he knows about his influence. And he's just using it, like, really irresponsibly, knowing that there's a fucking cult of people out there who fucking live and die on his words. You want to bash Nancy Pelosi? Please. Have at it. But know what the fuck you're talking about. And don't deliver um, stoned-out opinions to a massive cult of uninformed people as if they were facts. Uh, that's my, my, and now I'll let Rogan go on this because I know people are sick of me being the anti-Rogan. And I, I get emails, believe me, people accusing me of just using Rogan's name to try to get views. Listen, if that's what I'm trying and it's failing because, um, I'm not I'm not getting any Rogan's audience <laughs> by saying his name. And that's not my intent here. I'm just really frustrated because this guy's got the biggest megaphone on the planet. And again, a cult of mindless people who will live and die uh by what he says. And he's not the drinking bros. He's not are you garbage? He's not one of these uh, podcasts out there where guys are just uh, shooting the breeze and have no influence. Again, he's got the biggest fucking megaphone in, on the planet. You have some responsibility to know what the fuck you're talking about and not venture into serious things when you're stoned out and hanging with your buds. When you're stoned out and hanging with your buds, it's time to talk about personal shit. It's time to joke about things that are not in the sphere of it really being that important. Now, is in, insider trading is a huge thing, and I think it needs to be, uh, and not just insider trading within Wall Street. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that goes on. People who are supposed to be keeping stuff um, 
close to the vest, traders and brokers and have a license and are bound by law to do that. But in the halls of Congress and uh, where laws are passed, huge problem. And we got to take, you know, shady money out of politics, especially, you know, when we're dealing with things like big pharma and all the uh, distrust of all that stuff and all the laws that are being made by that and uh, who's got connections and who's got stock in big pharma while they're passing these laws, that's an important issue. And so uh, Nancy, Nancy's bullshit point there that we're, it's a free market and Congress people should have a right to participate in that. Yeah, but not if they have this kind of special information that nobody else does. They shouldn't. So there needs to be some mechanism from keeping those people from getting that information. Or if you do have access to that information, you can't buy stock that related to the shit that you have special information for. It's just that simple. So that's an important issue. The other important issue, the one that, that Rogan's comment really does some damage, a little bit of damage too for that, for his cult out there is the fact that these people are in it for the short term to sell books. No, no, no. The problem is people are in it to hold on to those fucking, get reelected for the rest of their lives and hold on. What was it? Strom Thurmond? Uh, I think he, he ran until he was like a fucking hundred or something. And uh, I think Patrick Leahy just decided he's not going to run again. He's in his 90s. Nancy's, Nancy's in the 90s. Diane Feinstein, 90s. All these fucking... Oh, Nancy's not in the 90s. She's in her 80s. Diane Feinstein, I believe, is 90. They hold on to these positions. So the issue is we really need term limits. Of course, they're, they're the ones who have to institute the term limits, and they're the ones holding on forever. So, you know, don't hold your breath waiting for that to happen. But to come out and, and, and fill the public's head with, oh, they're just in it for the short term. When you look at them, and there's like three of three or four people in the whole lot that are under 70. Yeah, it's just silly. Anyway, you can tell I'm a little fired up here. That's what happens when you get your middle finger chopped off <laughs> before you start playing a gig. I'm walking around like this all day yesterday because <laughs> I didn't have the Band-Aid on. And I'm trying to uh, neosaporin and put my finger back together. <laughs> I'm just walking around like this, <laughs> giving everybody the finger. Uh, nobody, yeah, Kelly says she wishes everybody would realize it's satire. But you can't do this, Kelly. We can't, we can't do this because we've tried that so many times. I mean, I can't, I can list so all these people. Comedians are allowed to, to, uh, have serious opinions about politics. That's just the way it is. But, you know, John Stewart tried this. I'm just a comedian stuff. Nobody will ever realize that uh, not to take comedians seriously. For whatever reason, they be, they don't want to think for themselves. They want somebody to do the thinking for them. So if it was Rogan on the Rogan's on the right now. He ne he didn't used to be on the right. He used to be very much more centric, even though he had conspiracy theories. He was partially left on some issues, partially right on other issues. Now he's gone. He's gone completely to the uh, Alex Jones wing of right. You had John Stewart all the way on the left doing the same shit. I'm just a comedian putting stuff out there. At least John Stewart never went on the air stoned. I can say that. But it's definitely clear bias, clear left wing. Uh, propaganda. 
and just you don't get out of it by saying, "Well, I'm just a comedian. You can't take me seriously." But people people don't hear that. They hear it. It goes, <laughs> "Yeah, you're just a comedian, but we're gonna take you seriously." Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me read the rest of your comment. But it gets uh, harmful. But once again, you have to talk about censorship. Where you don't censor anybody. You let people you disagree with talk. Share those opinions. If they're really, really wrong and they're saying harmful shit, the the thing is you, and I saw this on Twitter yesterday. Somebody wanted to shut down Fox News or silence Fox News. I'm like, man, that is so fucking un-American. First, it's un-American, but it's also not the answer. If you disagree with somebody, you put your truth out there and you try to battle it with truth. You don't try to stifle or or shut down people for saying because eventually it's going to come back to you if you're going to cut down cut out free speech and say there should be censorship well then somebody's got to censor you and somebody's got to look at every word you say you want that no let fox news say anything they want to say and if you disagree with it state your truth straight state it often and loudly uh, and the same old show of CNN and MS, MSNBC, of course. Uh, just let them say what they want. If you disagree with it, say why. Come with your facts. Come with your information. Point out where they're lying. But this idea we should shut people down, especially comedians. I don't want to shut Rogan down. I, what I would love, an outcome, what kind of outcome would I love out of this? And of course, he's not going to be listening to me under any circumstances. Don't well, I shouldn't say he doesn't know who I am. He he, he might know. He might have heard the name from people who've uh, been on my program and his and want to get on his program uh, and uh, use some backdoor kind of way that he might have heard my name, but he doesn't know who the fuck I am. It certainly doesn't give a shit what I have to say. But if he did. If just some way could just try to be a little more thoughtful and aware that every word out of his mouth is going into somebody's somebody else's mouth who turned off their brain and abdicated their thinking to him. But and he knows that, but he he forgets it while he's talking, especially when he's stoned. And listen, I have no problem with people who like to party. Uh, but people forget they're watching him and they're just looking at him and he's like this, he's like, man, you know what it is? This is what it is. They want to write books for half a million dollars. No, they want to grip for $200 million. They want to hold on to that office for the 200 million. They don't fuck. The book is nice. It's cherry. It's beer money. <laughs> fucking beer money. That's all a fucking book money is. Uh, we have authors in the audience. Let's talk about uh, how how rich you get off of books, even if you sell a million books, which almost nobody does. People get on the bestseller list on New York Times bestseller list by buying uh, uh, ten thousand of their own books. That's how desperate we're, we're publishing an awful lot of books in the world. But we're not really buying books. Authors don't make a whole lot of fucking money. Even the best-selling, I mean, J.K. Rowling, she's making a buck. Obama made a nice chunk of change on his uh, dreams of my father. Audacity of hope, whatever. Not anything compared to what they make in politics by holding on to the reins of power. 
just a fact, man. Beer money again. Half a million dollars might sound oh, make it, or even let's say you make ten million dollars off a book. Fucking pennies. Pennies compared to the money you can make holding the reins of power. And nobody's making ten million dollars on a book. Maybe J.K. Rowling has uh, per book ten million. That's about that's about it, man. Per book, so she made so written a lot of books and maybe it's worth I don't know ninety thousand dollars, whatever ninety million dollars, whatever. She, you know, it's not it's not the way it's not the get rich quick scheme. Writing a book. I talk to authors every fucking day, and they're starving. <laughs> they're all fucking starving. Even best-selling authors. Um, not the high life. Not the way to get rich. And you talk about half a million dollars for a speaking engagement at the, some bank or some corporation and shit like that. Again, drop in the bucket. Drop in the bucket compared to the big shit. Got to play the sponsors part. I'll be back. I don't have a guest today, of course. You know, I am not even trying at this point. Liberty DeVito, the drummer from um, Billy Joel's uh, band, the, the uh, guy who played on most of his really biggest hits and most influential in uh, music, will be with me on January 12th at 8 p.m. Uh, that just got booked this morning. Uh, so I look forward to that talking, getting, get, getting back to getting some, uh, musicians on and, uh, people who've been in, uh, close proximity to the greatest songwriters in the world and, and talk about, uh, uh, their process. Kelly, uh, Kelly asking Ken if he's starving. I promise you, uh, and I, I didn't mean starving in the sense of being really hungry. Sam, uh, talent talked about about it even though he has a deal with audible now i'm sure uh doug can tell us as well well i bet you uh stan hope probably is one of you know his books he'd probably be one of the guys who actually profited but i i'm telling you i've talked to almost 400 authors now on the program on my uh mind dog tv podcast almost 400 authors and most of them will tell you uh just making the production cost back for for the publisher is almost always a challenge. A lot of authors end up on the hook. They have to buy their own books at, at some point and then try to sell them, resell them. It, it's, it's, and so uh, it takes a lot, a lot of books to break even, a lot of sales of books to break even. And especially if you want to get on one of these bestseller uh, lists by using the trickery that a lot of people use now, there's lots of tricks people are using to get on. Uh, yeah, Ken is hoping for cold 45 more liquor. <laughs> he's, so he's not starving, but he's a little thirsty. <laughs> uh, to, to answer your question, is he starving? No, but, you know, again, somebody like Ken, um, going to have to sell a lot of books to get to that million dollar or whatever Rogan number threw out there for writing a book, the, the money you're going to getting rich off the book. Let's see. Um, I think he, he shared some information probably reluctantly about what the profit margin on the book is, but let's say I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, uh, cause I don't want to embarrass Ken here, but let's say he makes uh, $10 on a book. 
a book sale. Do the math. Uh, um, hundred thousand books you have to sell to to get to that million dollars profit. But then you know there's administrative costs and stuff that come out of that too, and taxes. Um, so if you make a million dollars, you're gonna get seven again. That's a lot of fucking books. You know, a hundred thousand people <laughs> fucking read books in today's day and age when we have Google and uh, authors don't make a lot of money. It's a struggle. And um, people publish like fucking crazy. I can't tell you the number of books that are published every day in the United States alone, but there are people who are not even writing anymore. They're just transcribing podcasts and turning those into books by the hundreds of thousands daily. So the market is flooded for just, you know, I hate to get off on the how authors are just fucking stuff. You think musicians and comedians and people like that, especially the ones on the bottom rings are starving. Authors, man, you really want to experience the life of a starving artist. Put all your stock and trade into your uh, book, uh, book life, your authorship. Whew, man, fish in a can, man. That's what we that's what we used to call it uh, back in the day when I was a young man living in a van, traveling around the country. Um, fish in a can existence. You're eating, you're living on tuna fish in a can. That's dinner. If you're lucky to get it. Sleeping in the back of the van. That's <laughs> a starving artist, though. So, uh, Don Jr. had the RNC buy his books. He, he, I got to put this up there. Because if you think, uh, and I don't like Don Jr., you know that. I mean, you got to know I, I fucking despise that little fucking silver spoon prick. <laughs> but if you think he's alone in that, um, he's giving away. Yeah, they buy them all the time. Almost every book you see. And I know this because I uh, I've spent some time trying to get it and dealing and working with uh, publishers to try to learn their system. And almost everybody on the New York Times uh, bestseller list, USA uh, Today bestseller list, certainly on the online uh, bestseller list, are rigged by publishers buying their own product in a short uh, period of time to boost there uh and get that all important bestseller badge like that's going to be the prestige thing so it gets to the point now where if we educate people on on the absurdity of this bestseller badges mean nothing as far as the quality of the book totally done and the amazon shit is the most ridiculous stuff people find categories categories that don't genres that aren't published at all they'll put their book in this uh, ridiculously unheard of, absurd category in order to get to the top of that list, to get that Amazon badge. And then once they get the badge, they can switch the genre to what it actually is and still have the right to honestly display a badge. Amazon best-selling author. And you hear these people, eight-time best-selling authors. Yeah, anytime you rig the fucking system. <laughs> uh, eight-time system rigging, rigging motherfucker. <laughs> anytime you hear that that uh, eight-time best-selling author, seven-time best-selling author, hear it this way. 
seven-time system-rigging motherfucker <laughs> instead of best-selling author. Anyway, uh, let's all get Ken a sandwich. <laughs> Love you, Ken. And by the way, if you want to support an author, support Ken right now. Come on. And you can support Ken while supporting Andy. Look, I'm hiding behind Ken. Ooh, look. Ken's book has arms and it flies. Let it fly, Bucky, fly. Uh, I'm insanely out of my mind today. Uh, Ken is now, um, he's got a, a deal where you can get a signed copy of the book. And all the, his profits will go to, I don't want to mistake this, maybe Ken should say this, uh, how, how much he's giving to Andy's um, medical issues, uh, bills, and all that stuff. So he's, he will pro he's providing money for every book um, that you buy that with the signed copy. I forget what what the amount, but Andy's getting a, a chunk of change from that to go towards his medical expenses. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, Ken, Craig is right onto something here. Urel is on the. Uh, the man who's sending his only son to save planet Earth, uh, Superman, is absolutely right. Uh, it's it's killing on the eroticalist. Uh, this is uh, seriously, man. He's got to get on some weird list like this to get if he wants that best-selling badge. Um, the uh, I don't know. I'm I'm listed in a couple of these books, by the way, uh, in like categories like placental uh, research. Uh, textbooks. <laughs> Matt Nabo, chief, chief researcher, uh, I'm listed as a accredited in a lot of medical textbooks from when I was in pathology doing research work. But I know those categories exist, and it's not difficult to get to the, the bestseller in these categories and genres. I mean, who's buying those books? Nobody. So all you got to do is sell a couple of them, and you're, you're right there. You get your badge, and now you can switch your ca category, and boom, you're a best-selling author. Scam, 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 work the system. Nonsense. Gotta, I got to play the sponsor's piece and freshen up my coffee. I appreciate it if you stick around for the next hour, although it's just going to be more of this. <laughs> and I know uh, people have work to do, so I don't take it personally if you don't stick with me. But I appreciate it if you will stick around. Elron, uh, uh, oh yeah, I got to read this one more. Elron, as in Hubbard, was a master of buying at buying his way into the New York Times bestseller. It's so fucking common, man. Everybody's doing it. That New York Times bestseller list. I'm not gonna say absolutely 100 percent that everybody, but 99.9.9999999 percent of the people on that list have done that. It's old trick. Uh, you got to have the money to do it and the resources to do it, but that's why uh, those those people are, are generally not independent authors. They're generally people with big publishing house dollars behind them in order to uh, set up that system. I'll be right back.
This episode is brought to you by TrueFire. Do you want to learn guitar or improve your playing? Are you stuck in a rut and unable to take your playing to the next level? TrueFire has your solution. Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more <laughs> handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire's style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one -on -one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Best part of the show coming up right now. To find out more. Here it is, the best part of the show every day. Uh, Ken says seven fifty a pop is going to Andy for uh, for those signed books. Get on it, man! Get on it. I don't know. I'm just going to probably do a straight donate to Andy. Intimacy, folks. That's what I want to talk about right now. Intimacy. You guys give a shit about intimacy? I'm talking to the guys here now, not not you, Kelly. <laughs> I don't know how many women we have in the. Uh, the names in the Picardo thing, I can't tell uh, binary, gender, male, female. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Whatever you are, uh, do you, guys, do you care about um, intimacy? The reason I ask is my guest today at 1 p.m. Uh, she is a um, intimacy coach for women, helping women... Um, Looks like mostly married women introduce more intimacy into their relationship. And I want to read what she says. Now, the, why I'm bringing this up is it's a, a conversation for women. It's a, uh, she talks uh, about it leading to uh, women's 
um, happiness and stuff. So, ladies, are you feeling stuck, anxious, lonely, or disappointed with your intimate relationship and or sex life? If you or your man are hurt, frustrated, shut down, or turned off, you are not alone or broken. Well, I am. Uh, Male-female relationships and intimate erotic pleasure can be complex. A learned skill and art of science. This is what I was talking about yesterday. A lot of guys think they know a woman's body. But believe me, a skill, a science, I don't know about all that. To me, it's um, throwing darts in the dark. (laughs) If you're successful, don't ask how or why. Just celebrate the fucking moment. Um, So she's coaching women on basically how to have more intimacy in their life. And... I don't know about you guys. If you've been married anytime, you've been with a woman any any amount of time. Um, do you care about intimacy? Is that is that even something you think about? Because intimacy is not not sex. It's not sex. It's a whole other thing about this connection level. Do you guys think about that? So I'm going to be interviewing this woman who really is putting something out there where the message is only for women. I almost wish I had a, a female co-host who could do the questioning of it for this interview. It's not like I, I'm, I don't know, can't hear the, or, or don't have uh, questions about this stuff, but my, my position is I know my wife will, will, can, can relate to some of the shit she says. Obviously, uh, my wife would like me to be 10 years younger and uh, full of Cialis and uh, Viagra or whatever. Uh, but the sex is not exactly, again, sex doesn't equal intimacy. But, I, you know, I can't, I can't see that world from a woman's perspective and what they care about. Guys never, listen, I, I just want to hear from the guys. Did any, any of the guys in the audience ever give a shit about intimacy? Intimacy, not having sex. Or a better sex life, this idea of intimacy was that a, a major concern for you? Not for me. The only concern I have is I know uh, that that if there's not enough in my relationship, <laughs> my wife uh, is not happy. But um, I'm clueless, clueless, and oh, I'm in a large way careless about it. So I'm going to have this interview with this woman, and I know. I'm only able to present the man's point of view, which is like, hey, you're talking to a sixty year a sixty two year old guy who gets a lot of heartburn if he t- <laughs> takes the little blue pill. And it's not all you know, I've had my share of that. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Um with an old man, enough said. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Um No, but I mean uh, how my this is an hour long conversation. So yesterday she, because uh, I'm setting her up for the interview today, means setting her up, means giving her the link to join the program and telling her how Streamyard works and all that kind of stuff. And she asked me if, if I'd like to do a briefing with her. Now, there have been times when people ask me that question, and I would go into a rage. <laughs> Not a not a rage like a, a young man rage, a road rage, or any of that kind of rage. Just a 
professional rage as a podcaster. Why would you want to be on my program if you've never listened to it? Because obviously, if you're asking me if I want to rehearse the conversation, you've never listened to my program. Why would you want to go on a show you've never listened to? That, that would get me into a rage. But I didn't. I held back and I just told him, no, thank you. I don't want to rehearse a conversation about intimacy. But it just strikes at how bizarre that is because would you like to rehearse your intimacy? <laughs> no, you keep it spontaneous, right? It's, rehearsed intimacy can't feel real at all, right? Or even rehearsed sexuality can't feel real at all. Why would you assume rehearsed podcasting would be any more satisfying to anybody participating in it? Because it's talk? It's fucking rehearsed. Rehearsal is for play, uh, you know, dramatic plays, not even so much for film. Film, you don't really have to rehearse that much because you can always retake it and you're getting different um, acting cues and acting coaching from directors. Uh, rehearsal is for comedians who aren't necessarily, and I'm finding this more and more of this, comedians who aren't necessarily funny when they're not doing rehearsed bits. Musicians who want to be polished. You know, Rockin' 45 got accused of being polished the other night, and I fucking laughed at that. Not polished at all. But we got accused of it. Uh, and we've never had a fucking rehearsal in our life. In 21 years of playing with the band, never had a single fucking rehearsal. We treat low-paying gigs as a rehearsal. Oh, you want to learn? We got a low-paying gig. Okay, that means we'll be learning, so trying out some new material uh, on the on the gig. We never rehearsed at all, but got accused of being public, uh, uh, polished. I'm, I'm digressing and, and tangent, tangent again. But the idea of intimacy and rehearsal just don't go in. And so the fact that she asked me, all I could say was no thank you. In the past, I have cursed people out and told them, go away. Don't, don't, how dare you even request to be on my show? Listen to the, if you're going to ask to be on a podcast or have any interest in being on a podcast, listen to each one before you go on. How do you know I'm not fucking Howard Stern? How do you know I'm not going to try to hook you up with lesbian dial-a-date or butt bongo fiesta? <laughs> I mean, your idea is to sell intimacy, and you haven't even checked out the guy you're going to be talking to. Because if you did, you'd know I don't want to rehearse anything. There's no doubt anybody who's seen five minutes of my interviews know there's no rehearsal there. It's, it's completely... Um, ad hoc and, you know, improvised and listening and having a genuine conversation. But I want to brief you. Yes, tell me exactly what you would like me to ask you and then uh, how long your answer should be so I know how long to, to turn my brain off before I ask you the next question. That's what I want to do. Ken's working on a sequel that will definitely be in the erotica section. I'm not even sure if there is is a, an erotica section on Amazon. <laughs> erotica. And what the fuck could erotica mean in today's day and age? We've gone to the place, a place where, God, nothing is um, mysterious or intriguing anymore because everything is right out there in your face and just over the top, all of it. 
I don't know what could be what could even be considered erotic anymore. Uh, Craig wants to cuddle, I think. Uh, it's tough to cuddle on the couch and watch rom-coms when the kids are fighting, the dog is barking, and the baby is crying. And you have like an ounce of testosterone left. Because <laughs> I don't. Uh, natural testosterone, I think my body stopped making it 12 years ago. I'm, I put that on my 50th birthday. Uh, why? I don't know where I draw that line. but Of course, not completely, but try to eat uh, foods that they say are, are high in testosterone producing uh, enzymes and all that kind of stuff. Asparagus, they say, is, is uh, good for increasing your testosterone. If anybody's interested, but uh, you know, without that, you know, that surge of testosterone in your your sex drive definitely goes down. And again, trying to separate the two, sex drive is different than the intimacy. And I, I don't think men are wired for intimacy. We don't think in those terms. Maybe it's just me. Uh. Uh oh! If you've been following along on my Twitter, you know I'm counting the days to my menopause. I didn't know that, and I do follow you on Twitter, but I didn't know that. But uh, don't don't necessarily um, assume you're at the age for that. My wife is well past the age where women start to expect that and hasn't had it yet although she might be having it now we're not sure <laughs> but it happens for different women at different ages some women they expect it in their mid-40s or even early 40s it doesn't kick in until they're almost 60 so um and don't count on that but what happens then i i'm not sure what happens to a woman that does her Maybe I'll find out soon enough. But this, uh, her desire for this thing that is separate from sexuality called intimacy, does that decrease in women? Because I, again, uh, and I'm looking for some response from from the bros out there. If, if intimacy was anything that really you were ever concerned about, because I know the only concern I ever had was no, thinking if I don't, up the game on this a little bit i might uh, she might go out of the relationship to find it that's my only concern when i think about it and i don't think about it often obviously um not high on my list of priorities and i think it's just be being male the male a heterosexual male i don't know if gay guys uh process it any differently uh, but intimacy is not what we're generally wired for like i can't wait to get home and share and have deep conversations with my sexual partner no 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 uh going outside that's a good thing less <laughs> headaches like let it go believe me ken that that uh ken just said this um if you're saying what i think you're saying I have found some comfort in that thought. No doubt about it. Like, you know what? <laughs> you need me to get pay for your gas money? Uh, 
it may, it, I, and I will um, go to the studio and uh, record some music or do set up a podcast or do some filming or things that I'm more interested in these, these days. I'm always been more interested in those things than what Kate talked about getting on the couch and cuddling. That's definitely never been anything. Uh, I've given a whole lot of, uh, can't wait to get home tonight to, Cuddle with my baby, get intimate, have some deep conversations, talk about what's really going on in her world, share feelings, and all that. <laughs> yeah. You might not be heterosexual if these are the thoughts that, are, and not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but uh, none of the guys that I grew up, none of the guys from my world, old school guys, John Giordano, who was on the other night, the, uh, Hey Christina, how are you? Uh good good morning. Glad to see you uh could make it. Uh none of the guys that I came up with, the old school guys, John Giordano people who John was on the program the other night. How you doing? I guarantee if I, I call John right now and say, Hey John, what are your thoughts on intimacy? What are you a fucking <laughs> uh you know what would come out of his mouth? Like intimacy. What happened? What do you What do you mean? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Intimacy? You mean like? You mean can I blow a load on a tits? Is that intimacy? So this is my conversation I'm going to have at 1 p.m. today, and uh, I got to admit, uh, it's 16:21. Uh, 16:21 would be 1:20 in the afternoon, right? No. 16 is 421 in the afternoon. Wow. Nice. Sun's going down. I guess it's probably getting dark right now uh, where you are. Because uh, it's getting dark about 430 here every day now. But soon that will change. Yeah, I, I said 421, didn't I? 421, which is just one past 420. Um. So I'm going to, at 1 p.m. my time, Eastern time today, I'll be having a conversation about intimacy that is not rehearsed, but, uh, yeah. Well, Craig, Craig's making fun of me because um, I had trouble figuring out that 1621 was 421. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm not used to using military time, obviously. Um, and a lot of people uh, outside the United States are, are, are I guess that's uh, the way they do things. They don't say um, it's 6 o'clock p.m. They say 1800. Okay. Anyway. Intimacy will be the topic of the day. If you can uh, join me on that conversation or if you're so inclined to help out, especially if you're female and want to uh, take that role, because I'm certain I'm going to be. I haven't had many of these uh, conversations where not only do I feel out of my comfort zone, but I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to piss her off uh, and not be very helpful and uh, delivering the message that she wants to get out. Uh, may all the reptiles be warm and cozy in your pain be less than a seven and your pain be less than a seven. That's uh, uh, 
Craig's doing his best Carmack read of wishing you uh, Merry Christmas, good day, and all that kind of stuff. I have to think PMP4 <laughs> midnight. It's okay. <laughs> PM is before midnight. Postmortem. Uh, uh, anyway, so that's about all I really had for today. Uh, I, I, after... After the New Year's, I will, I will have a much more ambitious um, schedule of guests for the morning show. And it's not going to be like the kind of guests where I do the long-form interviews like at night or or uh, with some of the interviews I do on the Mind Oak TV podcast. Lighthearted 10-minute drops of uh, call-ins from comedians, musicians, filmmakers, uh, that kind of thing. Jamie and uh, Carl are have been uh, welcome, uh, you know, invited to to participate anytime. Now, I I did notice, and I'm happy to see this. Craig uh, put out a tweet yesterday thanking some of his favorite comedians for uh, not for making the year not suck as badly as it could have been. It could have sucked. And he included both Jamie and Carl, which makes my heart warm because um, I like both those guys and I want to see them get more exposure. But uh, I know both of them hold the other names that were included on that list in very high esteem. And to be included on that list, listen, if you're a um, relatively unknown comic in the States and you get included on that list with some of those guys who were, you know, Doug and Billy Wayne and Junior Skopka and people like that and Andy. It's nice to, to feel like you're included in that list. I I'm, think Erickson was also included in that list, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, some some good names for up-and-coming guys to kind of be associated with, and I'm glad to see that happening. Thanks, Craig, for putting that. Craig's one of the most supportive people in the whole world. If he, if if he's on your side, it's a good guy to have on your side. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, coming up on the one and a half hour mark, maybe we'll end it there today. Don't have a lot extra I want to say unless anybody wants to call in. I should uh, go through that whole shtick again about Christmas time and it's coming and there's only two days left, right? And a lot of people walking around with their happy ass uh, Yuletide attitudes happy and if you're one of the people who is depressed this time of year happy people will only make that worse and i'm not playing i'm not saying don't be happy and don't show your happiness you people who are love this time of year please continue smiling and and wishing people merry christmas and happy holidays and blah 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 let's sing christmas carols and blah blah blah, blah. Great to see you all happy, but there's a lot of people who are depressed, stressed, and full of anxiety, depression, and even thoughts of suicide. If you're having suicide ideation, or if you're just really depressed, stressed out to the point where you feel like you're going to lose it, and you need someone to talk to, and you don't want to call the National Suicide Hotline or Depression Hotline or Anxiety Hotline, you just want to talk to some knucklehead who knows what you're going through. And we'll keep it close to the vest and not share it with everybody. You can call me 
anytime, day or night, 631-496-6464. My number is everywhere. It's on my websites, all of my websites, which there are many, matmedia.net. Uh, MindDogTV.com, TheRock45.com, MattNapoSays.com. Lots of websites out there with my number on it. I believe it's on my Twitter page. It's on this video. It's on almost every video uh, that um, I put out. It's in some fashion or another. My number is there. So if you can't find it, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, because it's everywhere. 631-496-6464. It's everywhere you want to be. So call me up, day, day or night. Now, here's the thing. is I'm, I'm, I know I'm being a broken record here, but this is what radio is about, repetition. <laughs> well, I, I was brought up on, you got to keep saying it, keep saying it. You know, people who were listening 20 minutes ago aren't listening now. Okay. If you're going to call me up and you're just going to use my number to prank me, don't do it in the middle of the night. I I put the number out there and I expect a certain amount of pranks and I've gotten a couple of pranks. Well, not while I was broadcasting, unfortunately. I've gotten a few, you know, ridiculous phone calls. If you're going to do that, that's expected. Don't do it in the middle of the night because if you do, I promise there will be revenge. Some way or another, I will get revenge on you. Whether it's the form of another prank phone call because, let's face it, folks, you could try to block your number, uh, but... Uh, probably futile it's probably futile in today's day and age all the attempts to keep private numbers blocked you can do it and your phone will come up with a number not identified but if you have enough tech savvy you can get to the root of who actually called you and find out even if it take might take some energy but if you prank me in the middle of the night i will have that energy so if you're going to prank me please do it um No means yes. <laughs> I never said 2 a.m., Craig. I said 3 a.m., and I actually uh, I misstated because I meant really more after 3 a.m., between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., because that's really the only hour I really fucking sleep is between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Word. <laughs> that's my hour of sleep a day. Uh, so don't prank me then. Prank me during the show. Preferably the morning show. I can't really take a prank phone call during an interview. I'm going to be interviewing a woman about intimacy. I don't want to take a prank phone call in the middle of that. Although today it might be a welcome break. Oh, boy. Yeah. Definitely call me today. Uh, call me at be at between 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. today and ask them. Um, I, I, I can give you plenty of, like, you know, if you're a woman, just call in and say your problem is your husband is hung like a fucking horse literally and so because i have had this complaint <laughs> oh he's bragging about the size of his i had that complaint from a girlfriend now i've always said that i'm not that big not well endowed <laughs> Not that, not like, not like to that to that exaggerated extent. But I had a girl who said I was too big uh, for her to to let, let her enjoy sex. It was too big for her. So if you're so inclined and want to really have some fun with me, call between one p.m. and two p.m. today when I have the intimacy person on and just talk about how massive your husband or boyfriend's cock is <laughs> and how 
You can't even wrap your arms around it. It's so fucking big. <laughs> and ask what her advice is. What do you do when you when your boyfriend has just like a, um, I don't know, 24-inch cock with a, uh, I don't know, foot, foot-long circumference? Because it's the girth that matters. Am I right, ladies? It's the girth that really is important. It's not the length. Well, length, if it's too long, could be like, <laughs> could <not> be! Um <laughs> You can tell I should have I should have ended it several minutes ago uh, and uh, not gone down this path, but it is the girth, the girth that matters, right? The when you're talking size, it's not this; it's this that matters. Am I am I right, ladies? Back me up on this. I dated a guy who made Johnny Wad look small, um, but I now, if I remember correctly. That's a long time. Johnny Wad was in the 70s, right? Um, but if I remember correctly, he was length, not the girth, right? I'm talking girth now. Now, what's more What's more impressive? Length or girth? That's, uh, and what's more scary? If I were a woman, uh, <laughs> Christina says, I'm old. Yeah, well, join the club. You're not as old as me. I guarantee I'm the oldest uh, statesman. <laughs> hanging out, you know, generally spend a lot of time hanging out with people. Uh, uh, I'm not built for either, she says. Well, neither am I. I got neither so off to play video games. Well, good luck with that, Ken. Uh, and I, want, I meant to ask you about that because I saw you playing golf the other day and, you know, well, are you on a some kind of gaming system, or is that just like a browser-based thing? And anybody who knows about Twitch and gaming over there, let clue me in on exactly how that works. Uh, in prison, you get what you're given. Okay, uh, thank you, Jamie, for that uh, pearl of wisdom. Uh, we girth would be optimal G-spot hitting. Really? Uh, give it to them. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you playing video games that require? <laughs> oh, I love that profile picture, Christina. <laughs> VR, the Oculus. Now, are you playing golf or are you playing intimacy games? <laughs> That's what I want to know. And um, I've, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. There was a uh, interview I did probably. Well, it's probably over a year now. Guys who, uh, the podcast is about people who work the customer service lines at a sex robot factory in the United States. And the helplines. So when, when your sex robot is malfunctioning or you got an issue with your sex robot, you call the um, customer support lines and they tape their calls and they put a podcast together out of it. Shocking to me that there's enough sex robot business out there to require a support hotline for it, 24-7 support hotline for it, which means there's got to be an awful lot of fucking sex robot. This might be a good question for me to uh, talk to my guest about today. I mean, because when you talk about intimacy, i got to put Ken's comment down there. We talk about intimacy, the idea of um, robots. I mean, pretty much backs up my point about men. 
<laughs> Men care about one thing, and it's not intimacy. Because uh, I don't think robots are providing that. I could be wrong. Of course I could be wrong. But I'm not. Um, anyway. Let me say Merry Christmas to everybody. Can I say Merry Christmas to anybody? Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, I can't share the, the Christmas move, though. Anyway, I got uh, a copyright strike for YouTube on my, but that was tied to the breath thing. Getting more and more copyright strikes. Anyway, I guess that's the show for today. If you're feeling depressed and need somebody to talk to, 631-496-6464. I almost forgot what, what, the, what the hell it was there for a second. Um, but I'm wishing you all a Merry Christmas. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. And uh, I don't expect uh, any of you to join me tomorrow morning. But if you do, I'm, I'll be here. I'll be here doing exactly the same nonsense I did today, only about different shit. Same, same day, different shit. All right. Enjoy your work, uh, everybody, or whatever it is you're going to do with this uh, day you've been given to do it with. Uh, I hope you have a good one. And uh, I'll see a lot of you on Twitter. Still not sure whether I should post that uh, song I, I did, uh, the White Trash Low Rent Cancer Blues. I'm waiting to hear Andy's take on it and if he's uh, okay with me actually sharing that on Twitter. She'll be celebrating the 24th and stuffing your face. That's tomorrow, so you have a great day tomorrow then. Uh, have a great day at work. Uh, oh, you're not working. You're just uh, stuffing your face. Good for you. Well, uh, I'm off to work at noon. I'll be there. <laughs> but he is. What am I? Well, that's all. I can't. I can't keep up with the these chat rooms because they're. I guess those people in the uh, in those uh, weird places are trying to sell me shit. Sell me bot traffic to my podcast or something and that gets annoying especially when it's in between comments that i'm trying to read oh jamie you haven't heard it i i thought i emailed it to you i played it this morning live here a one-time playthrough but i'm waiting for andy's approval but i will send you a direct link uh so you can listen to it uh, i think you'll appreciate some of the lyrics anyway if if not the music <laughs> um it is what it is Anyway, thanks for coming. Have a great rest of your day. I'm going to go turn on my radio, and uh, I hope you will, too. Always remember to turn on your radio.
listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.